So, it's very nice to see you. Very nice to see you. It feels like it's been a while. It has. Also, there's been budget and hell and everything. And well done, Budget Week. I know it's like every every Budget Week. It's so funny because your birthday happens at the beginning of Budget Week generally. And I just see you go all pale and sort of internal. (laughs) Because you've got the most stupid week of big interviews and getting across big stories and just you go very funny. Do you think that your brain can get tired like the way that your muscles get tired if you go to the gym? Yeah. Yeah, my brain is always tired at the end of budget week. I feel like it feels sore and fragile and like I can't process any further information. So the thing is that you you get to that point and you can't can't really explain in bodily terms what that feels like. You just know that if somebody may, asks you to read one more document and make a judgment about it, you will actually scream. Or even have a conversation. I basically <laughs> can't even speak. It's just like I don't have the conversational capacity. I am glad we've come together to record a podcast. <laughs> anyway, you did a very good job. Thank um, you. And uh, you nailed it, as you do every year, but, you know, well done. Thank you very it's much. Very do, you, do you know what? It's also sort of riding over me, which is making me slightly nervous, is we've got these Sydney Chat 10 shows coming up. I know. Because live shows are about to be back on, right? So we've got Brisbane in June. Yep. And then we've got two live shows in Sydney in um, July. July. The, the Saturday and Sunday. In, oh, no, the Friday and Saturday in the middle of July. So like 16th and 17th or 17th and 18th or something. And Gwen, good, Gwen came up with this idea last year, which I thought was absolutely genius, which is the Friday <laughs> night show is called The One That Sales Organised and the Saturday night show is called The One That Crab Organised. Yes. And so then it's up to each of us individually to program and come up with the content for those shows. And so I keep feeling like, oh, July, that's ages away. And then it's like, oh, my God. Oh. And I keep looking, I'm like, the the interesting thing is that um, my partner Jeremy is doing, you know, kind of the admin for the shows. And so every now and again, I'll say, how's sales going? Has she she booked anyone? And he's like, I can't say anything. So I'm always looking at you to see if there are any clues about what you're doing or whether like what level of my great fear is that like one of us will organise a show that just utterly like trashes and humiliates the other and then the other will be like I've come up with all these things that you would love (laughs) oh god um hopefully I'm hoping both will be a sort of mix but have you without giving anything away so I'm guessing I'm feeling like I'm going to try to surprise you as much as I can on Mm. the night is that how you're approaching it I think that's a pretty safe you know yeah okay surprise and delight yeah surprise and delight there's stuff that I think that you're going to find actually I don't think there's anything in mind that you're going to find not fun and delightful actually yeah that's good um have you started work on anything Yes, I have. Okay, yeah. good. Oh, yeah, I've okay, got a few things. Good. i got a few irons in the pan. Ooh, I'm actually I'm atypically well-prepared. Oh, say. wow. That is okay. to say I'm about a tenth as well-prepared as I imagine you are, but I'm I'm not, you know. I'm scared that, th- as I'm always with these kind of things and as I am with doing a live television show, I'm scared things will fall over. I'm yeah, scared I'll lock things are, in and then things will fall over. Oh, right. But, I mean, yeah. the thing is, what do we normally do at live shows? It's just you and me uh, bullshitting on. for an- I mean, like, we can always just revert to that. <laughs> That's true. Surprise. That is true. There's nothing different. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think it'll be. I love the idea it's of so having good. the two yeah. shows, one organised by me, one organised so by Friday you. So Friday the 16th at the Enmore. I've been just. That's the one that sales organised. That's, that's yours. So if you like, you know, if you if you want to put yourself in the hands of somebody who's got great taste mm-hmm. in music and you'll be home, well by connected in the entertainment industry, <laughs> home by eight thirty. However, come on Friday night. If you'd like everyone to be given a free piece of kohlrabi hidden under their seat in a giveaway, and just be like, we'll have we'll get Peter Fitzsimons on stage just to talk forever. Remember when he did twenty four hours of radio with Richard Glover? Yeah, he did that. 
Yeah, they did this radio challenge where they talked for 24 hours oh on my. 702. <laughs> and by the end of it, I remember I turned up oh. for work. It went from like 10 a.m. till 10 a.m. And I went into work and there they were and Richard looked nearly dead oh. and Peter Fitzsimons looked fresh as Daisy, <laughs> like he had <laughs> hours left. <laughs> Didn't even touch the sides. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's what I've got planned. Oh. Oops. <laughs> so indiscreet. <laughs> anyway, what if people want to buy tickets to that, what do they do? Just Google Chat 10 Looks 3 Sydney, I guess. Yeah, there's some um, links on the Facebook group. I think there's links on the site events and or, or you could just go to the Enmore as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you can. I'm keeping a pretty close eye on ticket sales and I, well, I don't know about you know, mine is outselling yours at this what? stage. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Come on, chatters, get behind Sucks me. To be you. Um, Maybe people are just the, tired on Fridays. And I'm looking forward to the Brizzy um, show too because it's know, been so long yeah. since we've – because the last live show we did was at the start of 2020 in February. Right, yeah. Right before everything went to hell. And we had to pull the pin on a Brisbane show with yeah. about one week's notice when – the world went to hell in a handbasket. It's so, going to feel great, I think, to yeah. sort of be there and have everyone together. Well, it's your and, home turf too. Yeah. No, I think I'm super, super looking forward to it. So that's um that's coming up, and yeah, yeah I'm um yeah I'm working on working on my Sydney show. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm full of fear. Um. Hey. Now I know that um you and I have something in common in the last week or two, and I assume yeah. this is to do with your brain fade. You know, around the budget where you you know have to watch TV rather than read because you can't read any more yep. documents. But we've both watched a fair bit of, you know, um, different bits of telly. Yes, we have. Um, and, in fact, I put you onto something which I'm dying to hear what you thought of because I know you've watched a couple of episodes. <laughs> Girls 5 ever. I know. That's, it's so weird because um, I got this text from you saying, oh, my God, the f- it's just making me laugh out loud, this show. I think you'd love it. Um, I've just started watching it. It's absolutely brilliant. And my daughter, Audrey, and I had watched a promo just the night before for it. Oh, right. This Girls 5 Ever show. And it's, um, you know, a girl band that's broken up and, you know, gone to the... One hit wonder in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kind of get back together. um, In their 40s. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and we thought we've got to watch that. That looks hilarious. And then I found out that it was actually commissioned by a friend of mine, um, Joe Fox, Australian, who works in New York for, for this streaming service called Peacock. And she's a chatter, friend of the group. Um, and it's I was watching it and just thinking, oh, my God, this is so great. Not only because I loved it, but also just thinking my friend kind of, you know, How amazing. helped to do this. And yeah. one of the leads is the woman who played Eliza oh, in Hamilton, God. Renee Elise Goldsbury. She's so good. She's so amazing. It is so funny because it's sort of it, – it hits all the marks of – what women in their 40s are actually like and what a punish it would be if you did have to get a girl band, you know, back together. Um, and some, a couple of them are sort of yummy mummy types. One of them is particularly not that type. Um, it is so hilarious and it's sort of, it's that kind of silliness that just oh God. cracks me up. Um, it, there's epic silliness but just also incredibly lancing humour as well. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, we, Miranda's been sending little bits that ma- are making her laugh and the last one that she sent was, um, I think it's um, Renee Elise Goldsberry's line where she says, because she sort of moves in with her friend, and she's this massively elaborate character. She's got a she's got a um, a glass piano, grand piano, that she moves into her friend's apartment, and it's so transparent that they keep like barking their shins on it and accidentally walking into it. And she says, um, 
you know, I'm a very talented interior designer. Every interior designer I've, I've ever worked with has said, well, you, why don't you do it? <laughs> <laughs> the bit of silliness that always make, makes me laugh. So it's called Girls Five Ever because it's five girls. So instead of girls forever, it's girls five so ever. Clever, so clever. <laughs> the opening song music, which is the girl band singing a song, they say, what are you waiting, five? <laughs> stupid and yet every time I just oh god anyway it's um all of the characters are fantastic but the woman who's now the sort of dentist dentist yeah, she's is awesome absolutely yeah. hilarious and I forget her name but she's quite a famous comic actress I've seen her in lots of yeah she's been hitting things. things and you know the first group rehearsal she's performing an extraction or like root canal or something <laughs> while she's like rehearsing along on FaceTime with these other chicks it's very the, le- the lead girl Sarah Borellis she's a massively successful um sort of songwriter pop really? yeah oh, she okay. wrote wrote the book for um and the music for um waitress that no. you like yeah wow and she's got multiple grammys she wrote a song that was really a massive hit a few years ago called love song okay for anyone who wants to look it up you'll know it as soon as you hear it uh oh she's a very very successful um songwriter pop star type oh, right. wow. um and busy phillips who's yeah the, just yeah. best name in show business. anyway i just i watched it all in like you know 24 oh, hours. Oh, you finished it all? Like, yeah, yeah. There's only, it. I think there's only six episodes, maybe eight. Oh, um, so good. They're only like 25 minutes each. So yeah. It's pretty good. So, yeah, I loved it. Do you know the other thing that I'm super excited about? So remember last podcast I was talking about Master of None and yes, I said... Yeah. Um, you, I wonder what he's up to I wonder to what now. he's up to. You've obviously within, done some... Within minutes, <laughs> people were tweeting me and going, well, here's what he's up to. The next season's coming out at the end of May. So there's a new season about to Master start. Master of None? Yeah, a new season about wow. to drop Master okay. of None. Right. So, um, and I can provide a little service for everyone if you're getting ready to um, watch season three but you're thinking oh it's ages ago since I watched season one and two because I just rewatched them you might remember it ends with the Italian girl Francesca yeah. and him confessing that they love each other but she's not sure what to do and then they sort of part and then they have this frame which lasts for about three seconds it's like looks like a sort of flash forward mm. and they're lying in the double bed together and that's the last shot that's right. God, I've forgotten about that. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see where it picks up. But I watched on the weekend, um, he's got a stand-up special called Right Now on Netflix. Oh, I should oh, okay. say Girls 5 Ever is on Stan. Um, yes, it is. It's, it's directed by Spike Jones, right. famous film director, and it opens, actually the opening's fantastic. It's Aziz Ansari walking down the street. He's in, I huh. think he's in. So it's not stand-up, it's actual. Stand-up show. Oh, right. It's a stand-up, yeah. But he's walking, they're, they're following He's in the sort of alley at the back about mm. to go in the stage door and so they follow oh, him walking right. through and the crowd's already waiting and then he sort of walks on stage and the camera follows him from the street into the backstage. I love a bit of fancy camera. Oh, it was great. Right. It was so good. Anyway, he he opens by talking about the Incident. sexual misconduct yeah. allegation thing um, and, and well, addresses... Well, you want to, I think. I mean, how yeah. where else could you start? Otherwise, there's just a big elephant yeah. in the room. His remarks on it do feel like they were heavily, heavily workshopped and that he's mm. being very careful what he says, which, you know, fair enough. Um, and he moves through that. It, it's That's dispensed with fairly quickly. And then the rest of the show, it ranges across various things. It's laugh aloud funny and mm. it's he's really clever and insightful. A fair bit of it is about how draining it is to be an Indian man dealing with newly woke white people and how draining they are. <laughs> Wow, okay. <laughs> and how many people come up to him and go, oh, man, that character on The Simpsons, Apu, wow, that's really, he's just like, Ugh. if people could stop raising that with me, you just call me Apu. I'm just sick <laughs> of hearing about it. 
<laughs> so he calls out a lot of stuff around, um, you know, that kind of behaviour. He talks a bit about um, cancel culture and he talks about how he himself in some of his earlier stand-up shows was praising R. Kelly and how that just now sits so badly right. with him. And yeah. But he explores all this stuff in a very nuanced kind of interesting way and it just affirmed my view of him that I think that he's very, very clever and funny. Oh, okay. Um, I, I feel like I would like to watch his addressing that situation. I still feel super uncomfortable about um, that whole affair. Um, he be- do you want me to tell you how he addresses it? Or do you want to get a surprise when you watch it? Um, I, well, yeah, why don't you tell me? Well, he basically just says, um, I, you know, have gone over and over that in my head. He doesn't, he never shows any sign of defensiveness or anger or anything right. about it. He says, I've felt embarrassed and I've felt humiliated. I've felt sad. And, um, and I, you know, I, I thought maybe my career was over. Um, and he says that a friend of his said to him, wow, that has caused me to rethink every date I've ever been on in my life. And as his Ansari says, that's happened to him as well and he also now thinks about it, um, you know, all the time, although he has a girlfriend now. But he basically says, you know, that's got to be a good thing, right, if it's caused all of us to actually just rethink our behaviour. Um, and then that's pretty much where he leaves it. He doesn't go mm. into a great deal of depth over it. Yep. Um, he doesn't attempt to defend himself or talk about the rights or wrongs or anything yep. of that ilk. At the end of the show he says... Um, he again comes back to the fact that he always used to end comedy shows by going, you know, um, thanks for have a great night. Thanks very much for coming. And he says, I just used to say it because um, that's what you say at the end of a comedy mm. show. And now I just feel so unbelievably grateful that I do get to do this and that all of you have got in your cars and come out to listen mm. to me speak. And so I want to say thanks, thank you to all of you for coming. And I really, really mean it. And so mm. he's he talks a bit too about just that he's learnt about how ephemeral things can be and how fleeting and how it can all be taken away from you really rapidly. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was, it's interesting. Um, I've been watching this other show just with um, Audrey, actually, of a um, female stand-up who I, I, was, I was not familiar with um, called Eliza Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. I meant to mention it a second ago when we were talking about Girls 5 Ever because it's like hilarious sketch comedy that is a bit crackers like very very silly and just funny and kooky she is just um just a very 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 funny woman but um one of the regular sketches that they do and her show is called the eliza spelled i-l-i-z-a schlesinger sketch show it's actually the least pronounceable <laughs> show title you could possibly hi i'm here from the eliza schlesinger show. ah damn it <laughs> that promo would take a while um but they've got this one recurrent um, sketch that just makes me like it's not all kind of gendery based or whatever. It's just kooky and very funny. But um, they've got this one recurrent sketch called um, "Ladies Jackass." Like you know, Jackass, that terrible show, yeah. which is just all these dudes yeah. like you doing know, silly things, putting firecrackers up getting, their bums yeah. and stuff. Like grown men getting just a being plank like of two before in the exactly. Whoop. So. Um, the, the concept of girls jackass is that girls get together and do things that will cause them unspeakable pain and like just like brave it out. <laughs> so like the first one is like they get together and they're like, you know, kind of smacking tinnies on their foreheads and like <laughs> jumping around and going, yeah, whoa, etc. Uh, but they're going around to one of their ex-boyfriend's house and she's going to go and knock on the door and find that 
he is with a new girlfriend who's prettier than her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to confess that she's actually not seeing anybody and she hasn't moved on. Oh, classic. (laughs) So it's just like this obscene pain. Oh, Emotional pain. Very funny. Oh, that sounds good. It's so good. And it's like 20-minute episodes. So Audrey always wants wants to watch another one. So at the moment... I'm like, you need to go to bed and I will sit there and watch a 20-minute Eliza with you and it's just, like, hysterical. Very, very hard <laughs> What are you recommend. watching that on? Uh, a laptop. <laughs> no, what? what, what? I, think it's, I think it's Netflix. I think it's Netflix. Okay. I'd have to check that. All right. Check the show notes. Okay, <laughs> good. Speaking of funny chicks, I've been re-watching a bit of 30 Rock just because you know how when I get a lot oh, going on I just re-watch old stuff that I've already watched. I could watch 30 Rock forever. It's just so funny. I just love Alec Baldwin so much. Yeah. And Tina Fey and all of them and Jack McBrayer. I do they're feel like good. they're my family, you know. They're just, like, it's just so, pound for pound, thing. just line yeah. after line after line. It's, it's just so, so superb good. writing. Absolutely Abs- superb. Absolutely is. Um, now, I heard you mention the other day that you have been watching something that I thought, I've been watching it because my daughter's been watching it. It's becoming very clear now that my 14-year-old daughter has developed her own taste in comedy and stuff which she's got a really good eye so I often get into things because she's into them great um but uh, she's been watching this show called blown away um which is um a reality show about glass blowing <laughs> wow all oh, right see I saw it on our list and I thought did you put that no. on and I've been all right I put it on oh my god my is brain. it serious or comedy is it's it... serious oh. it's a reality show wow and it is just I don't know it's a bit like MasterChef but for glass blowers. And it's just, I mean, isn't television amazing? Like, isn't streaming amazing <laughs> that, that there's enough space in the world? But it's an American series. But it's about, like, so it's it's a bit like the Great British Bake Off or something, except it's the blow-off. So there's, like, um, a dozen or so glass blowers and they get, you know, a mission at the beginning of each episode, a challenge. They've got to make, you know, light fitting or they've got to make, you know, um, an artwork that reflects blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then they all they off they go and, and there's all these, you know, that some of them are quite extreme characters and there's a lot of artistic tension about, you know, have the judges really understood what I was trying to communicate with this lump of molten glass? <laughs> anyway, it's absolutely superb. It's like oh. if you're after a kind of like, what what is this kind of reality show? That's that one. Yeah. I just watched a couple of, speaking of reality shows, I just watched a couple <laughs> of episodes of the new RuPaul mm. Down Under show. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you are a you know you're a member of the RuPaul Club, right? Yeah, I, lo- been- I absolutely love RuPaul, um, and I love the reveal of RuPaul's outfits at the start of the judging yeah. process. Um, I just, oh God, I don't know if I'm getting soft in my old age or whatever, but the humour, sometimes the cruelty of the humour, not not from RuPaul, from the queens towards each other, um, I just find a bit cutting, and it reminds me of you know there's a particular kind of strain in Australian um, sense of humour, I think, where it's actually cruel and cutting and often racist or sexist. And if the person who's the target of it doesn't laugh, it's like, oh, can't you take a joke? Yeah, you know, that right. kind of vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Occasionally there's been a bit of few gags that just give me that kind of oh, vibe okay. where it feels like there's two two guys who come from New Zealand and they run a sort of club together yeah. and they sort of were in the first episode, nitpicking at each other quite a bit. And I just felt like there was a, just a nasty edge to it, that it wasn't oh, okay. just sort of good-natured, witty kind of banter. I guess so, that would be, um, if you're making a show like that, that is kind of an extension of such a an extraordinary 
success story. Like that show is just oh a around the world, right? yeah. So maybe there's a temptation. I mean, I haven't seen one second of it, but so I'm just in my ill-informed way um, uh, speculating. But like there would be a real kind of sense of pressure to make it super OTT and big, right? Like, so maybe... I guess. I, th- I think also when you... Because normally with those shows, when the contestants get thrown together, they don't know each other. So you don't have the kind of emotional um, yeah. tank to yeah. mine. Because, you know, when you know people really well, you know the things that you could say that can yep. push their buttons. So maybe it's that because these guys actually know each other so they yeah. know what they can say. Whereas if it's just a fresh cast, the, the sort of banter or the insults have to be sort of somewhat superficial, I yeah. guess, for a while at least. Yeah. But I, that I don't changes know. as it goes along, maybe. Maybe. I think I'll say, um, <laughs> do you remember when I watched, um, I think it was The Bachelorette, the one with Sophie Monk, and there was that oh, yeah. Klingon, got, stage yeah. five Klingon Jared, who was going to get crushed. Stage and was, five Klingon Jared. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> we just ended this little homily about why are people so unkind and you're like, anyway, that little asswipe. <laughs> so Jared, I was watching the whole show because I was thinking, oh, this is going to be such a train wreck. He's gonna, she's not going to go with Jared. He's going to get dumped. And then, I, and I wanted to see it, but then he was so crushed. Like it was not pleasant viewing at all. It was horrible. And that was so horrible that I feel like it scarred me permanently for watching people get eliminated from reality <laughs> shows. Yeah, so, totally. That's so, why I yeah. couldn't watch Kids MasterChef. I'm like, no, yeah. no, I can't do that. I can't so watch that. there's an episode where um, a drag queen from, oh, actually I, should, I better not say because I'll be spoiling it for anyone who hasn't watched it yet. Anyway, there's a partic- oh, particular... Clacks on the sound. <laughs> Lee Sales successfully avoids a spoiler. This has never happened before. There's a queen who gets eliminated um, and when they go to the backstage sort of bit, um, he's so devastated and so crushed and feels so humiliated that I just felt like, oh, I don't know if I can watch on with this. Yeah, it's just upsetting. Talking about this has reminded me of something that I saw recently um, that is completely not like that. And I went went to see That's What I Reckon on Mm -hmm. stage. At the M Watch, just around the corner from me. I'm like, oh, Saturday night. See, that's what I reckon. Now, he's the comedian who became very famous during COVID um, because of his lockdown cooking segments, <laughs> which is just like he's just got this sort of dreadful hatred of jar sauce, and he's this sort of you know looks just like chopping a full, onion. I don't give an F. Heavy rocker, his long hair, tats everywhere, piercings, chains. Anyway, he's just like fucking gonna show you how to make a fucking proper sauce. <laughs> anyway, I got totally addicted to his videos because he's just like super profane, but just very very funny. Um, and having watched a bit more of his stuff and seen his live show, which I think which isn't about cooking at all. It's kind of was written before COVID because he actually had a national tour booked oh. pre-COVID and then did like two shows and then they all got wiped out. Oh. And so he just went, oh, my God, I'm doomed, you know, this is a disaster. And then, of course, started doing these cooking videos during COVID and became, you know, much more famous, I think, my perception anyway, um, and then kind of embarked upon this national tour, which is just sort of concluding now. Um, but the thing that I really re- realised during this show was that he routinely, like, rips the piss out of objects and things and forms of behaviour, but he never, ever attacks somebody personally. Like, uh. he doesn't go people Right. And he talks a bit about this in the show and I thought, oh, that is the reason why I like him so much, I reckon, because he's, you know, he's kind of like comes across as, you know, rough of gu- rough as guts and, you know, incredibly florid language and so on, but he's actually just 
incredibly kind, I think. Um, yeah, he's which got is, a kind face, actually, that guy. Yeah, he does, yeah. That's, I think I was talking last time or the episode before about um, it's why I like Hamish and Andy, why I like Sam yeah. Mack, because their humour is not directed at somebody else's, yeah. you know, it's not taking the piss out of somebody else. It's often self-directed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's good, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah, I find it, um, I don't know, I guess you don't have to look very far in the world to find people being absolutely dreadful to each other. I, so. I just love that his shtick in lockdown was um, he's just got such an encouraging vibe, like, hey, champions, yeah. you're a champion. And, you know, you can you can just chop up some carrot and some onion and throw a tin of tomatoes in because you're a champion. Yeah. Like, he's just so encouraging. And um, he's done a lot of mental health stuff as well, and that, that is absolutely his vibe. He's like, hey, champion, yeah. uh, you know, because I think he's suffered from depression for a long time. He talks about a bit uh, that a bit on stage, but um, I just remember watching a, like, video that he did about depression and he's just like, do you know what, champion? If you manage to get out of bed today, fucking good on you. Like that's <laughs> you are a winner because that is hard. You know, and it's it yeah. actually I thought it was great because it kind of shifted the lens of looking at mental illness to from other people looking in, snap out of it, what's wrong with you? To like, okay, I'm here with you experiencing it and I can I know how hard this is. So if you've actually managed to press play on this video, yeah. Awesome. Well done. Yeah, he just when I would watch those little COVID cooking videos, they just make you feel good for five minutes yeah. when you watch them. Like yeah. so yeah, he's just a little joy bomb. Like, yeah, I really um he's like a him a lot. Joy bomb. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> Um, now, what else have you... Oh, look, in my vein of just continually re-watching stuff so Ugh. I don't have to exercise my brain, um, I also re-watched a show called Deutschland 83, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Right, okay, that's, several that's years embarrassing ago. because I was like, oh, what's this new show, Deutschland 83, that Sales has watched? <laughs> Turns out you've, yeah. uh, you've bored I me at length about it before and now I, you're going to do it again. I reckon I might have watched it maybe, <laughs> it feels like about three years ago, but right. the way time feels, it could have been six years ago. Yep. But um, it's a, set in the 1980s in... East and West Germany, and it's a guy who's an East German who goes undercover on a military base oh, in West God. Germany. Right. It's a really great show. Anyway, I, I only realised the other day that there's two more seasons. There's Deutschland 86 oh and Deutschland gosh. 89. Wow. But because I, it was so long since I'd watched Deutschland 83, I felt like, oh, I'm going to have to go back. And I tried to find a wiki sort of recap to remind myself, but I just couldn't. It didn't sort One day of I'd love seem. to look at your search history. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back and re- It's only six episodes, so I went back and just rewatched it. So now I am poised to watch Deutschland Deutschland 86, which means that next time we speak, I will actually have some fresh content to um, to do. Although I've got some other good things backed up that I'm looking forward to watching. There's an Elvis doco. Mm. I want to watch Girls 5 ever again. Can I um, just give you a present right now yeah. that um, somebody gave me when I was at the Sydney Writers' Festival? Yeah, for And online. I ran into my friend Karina and we were just like quickly chatting and she said, hey, I've got a present for you, oh. a podcast. Oh. Wind of Change, it's called. Oh, someone else has recommended this to me. Yeah. Oh my, Have you I am to it? so deep in it. I oh, am, I, it is so good. Okay. And like sales, I don't want to kind of do one of those things where you over recommend, <laughs> but there's been about five points when I'm listening, I'm thinking sales would absolutely love this. So it's um it's about this it's nominally about this song called Wind of Change, oh, which yeah. was, do you remember that? It's a 1980s song. It's by this sort of German hair band called Scorpion. And they had basically just all this like metal songs about like chicks and motorbikes and whatever. Like, and they're ma- singing English, they're a German band. And they became massively famous across Europe. And in the way of the 1980s, they were kind of a political ish band just because they were, you know, smuggled, you know, behind the Berlin Wall and so on. So they became this sort of Europe wide phenomenon. And the journalist who's doing this podcast 
has heard a rumour, he's a New Yorker writer called Patrick Radenkeefe, um, heard, uh, heard a story that the Scorpions' most famous song, which is called Wind of Change, yeah. which is all about the end of, the, of communism in Europe and the collapse of the Berlin Wall and the change that was coming over Europe. And it's a kind of like a ballad. It's really soft and pretty. It's got a whistling refrain. And it's like as soon as you hear it, you'll recognise it um, right. from the 80s. But this writer has heard a rumour that the CIA wrote the song. <laughs> And the whole podcast is his investigation into whether or not that's true. But in the course of the investigation, and I don't know if it's true yet, I you know, but he looks at the role of intelligence and the way that they use um, the arts in order to achieve soft power outcomes. Oh, great. So they're talking about like... Um, Nina Simone being um, taken on tour in Africa during the Cold War because, and this was a CIA mission, she didn't know that, but they were trying to ensure that um, these African countries didn't end up siding with communism. Like it, it, That ticks about three of my right, key interests, I know. foreign policy, espionage, arts. <laughs> right, I know, so... It's completely fascinating. And you get to meet these CIA officers. There's this one woman who was like Q, like she did all the gadgets and things. And she's just hilarious. Oh, that sounds great. And, oh, my God. Anyway, it's I just think it's people, so good. I think a number of people recommended this to me, but I didn't listen to it when there was two two previous times, I think. One was, I can't remember what it was called, but remember that podcast where that person just had a, a remembered riff of a song and they got a band to try to recreate it and they tried to go out and find what the actual song was and they were on yes, that. Yes. Um, I, I can't remember what it was it called. It wasn't the Who Let the Dogs Out one. No, no, no. It was a really not very well-known song at okay. all. Um, and, it, and the person who was trying to find it was being driven mad by this earworm oh, okay. and they went and got, um, went to music journos and they played oh. them and it was, anyway, it was really good. And also I think somebody recommended it recommended it after that episode, forget the name of the pod, but it was the one about the Moby song. Moby. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, Winds of Change, right, I might have a listen to that. I've got a few podcasts backed up with things people have told me to listen to. One of them's the very long Mark Maron chat with Hugh Grant. You oh, okay. to that, oh yeah, right. Somebody yeah. told me about that. Was yeah. it you? Can't remember. Well, I love Hugh Grant, but I yeah. just haven't, I, I just balk at having to commit to a two-hour <laughs> Chat. Sure. Well, I'm sure it's going to be Why great. Why do blokes always do two-hour podcasts? Like, what is going on? Well, speaking of which, yeah. I believe we're at time. <laughs> we are. <laughs> anyway, jump that pot up your list, mate, because it's like it'll be like a scratch behind the ears for you. Thanks, Toots. Bye.